I'm uh, back by the lake today. Had a few days off because of the mini heat wave we we've been having, and then uh, a couple of days of thunderstorms. I think there are some storms forecast today, but I've learned to not worry too much about the forecasts. Very often uh, there's more walking weather than they might indicate. days it's kind of a variation on a theme that I've talked about before but really the usefulness of it has really been brought home by my experiences going through a, a difficult patch uncomfortable patch in training for a few weeks And it's one of those things where when you're looking for it, you see it everywhere. All of the scriptures seem to be saying it. And again, even the physical world seems to be saying it. And it's really about that aspect of balance. that I spoke about, or have spoken about before. And in the context of, of this chat, really, it's it's talking about the, the symmetry in terms of action and reaction. I suppose, thinking about it, it might be called an aspect of karma. Because that's what, what karma is, really. Action of the will. Or action prompted by the will. Having effects in the future. Sometimes the very near future. But sometimes quite distant to the point where it can be quite hard to join the dots unless you're looking very carefully. Just going through the family group. And the scriptures are peppered with references to this. Dogan's works talks about how the, the clarity of the water in a moonlit pool is proportional to the 
to the height and brightness of the moon. me to a large extent when I first read it. It seemed like a really beautiful package, a really beautiful statement, but it didn't, I didn't really understand it. But as I mentioned last time, uh, as I mentioned last time, I was talking about actually meditating deeply and broadly to meet the needs of the moment. So when there's great need, then it's an opportunity to apply great application. And sometimes we can really surprise ourselves It's almost like a reserve of resilience and energy and stillness in meditation. And, uh, I think sometimes we, I'm not sure, maybe sometimes we don't need to go that deeply into it. Or maybe we are not motivated enough to go into it that deeply. But when the motivation comes, it's amazing how we can find the strength and the, the depth of meditation that we need. It's been my experience recently and I guess in the past as well at times. And I think it harks back to a previous talk I did about uh, balance and another one I did about the, the need for activity, active training. I remember years ago when I was at school learning physics very early on, learning about Newton's, I think it's his second law. It's been a long time since I looked it up. And it's, it's the law that says for every action there's e an equal and opposite reaction. And I remember being struck by the thought that when I stand on the ground, ground is pushing up on me precisely as much as I am pushing down on the ground. So even in the physical world we can see how there are 
balancing forces. Almost miraculous. And I can see that, again, being in my situation, needing to take certain actions now. I guess there's an element of trust required with all of this. And every step is a step into the unknown. And I know that intellectually, that is inevitable. And it always has been the case, in fact, that every step is always into the unknown. It's just most of the time, I guess, we walk within the bounds of what we think we know. And it only really becomes clear when we step outside of the boundaries, push into new spaces. I guess we have to trust that the earth will accept our next step and push back up. It made me think of a line, there's a wonderful scripture that's attributed to Bodhidharma, who was the the monk who took Zen Buddhism from India to China. And there's a line in that scripture which says, it's not the Buddha's fault. I remember, I remember almost laughing when I read that. And somebody who was very angry and perplexed, particularly early in life, but necessarily that early. I did a fair bit of blaming the Buddha, blaming God for my situation, my difficulties. I guess most of the time I was sensible enough to realise that that wasn't actually a very fruitful, useful or truthful position to be in, but have been there. So to read that is, uh, that was great.
So I think there are different kinds of activity as well. There's a kind of activity which is receptive, which I think is definitely a kind of activity. You may not look it externally, but being open to ideas and promptings and being willing to step forward. And, and of course there's the more obviously externally visible, externally oriented activity. And I suppose I'm talking about this in contrast with the opposite, which is inactivity. And I think you really have to be aware of when the time is right. Because sometimes it's right not to act and sometimes it's absolutely right to get on with it. And we have to be very open and clear about the, the difference between those two things. And it's also fair to say that if we miss a if we miss an opening it's it's very seldom there's very seldom no other option after that maybe a different option, it might be the same option, but we shouldn't get tied up in knots about perfection in timing and perfection in anything really. So I guess in some ways this is a pep talk for me. To be willing to step forward, keep moving. Not worry too much. In Buddhism, we talk about going beyond the opposites. And at the moment, the opposites of success and failure are looming a bit for me. So again, I think it's important to look beyond that. I hope this is useful. I doubt, but I'm the only person going through similar situations. Got a busy day in the lake today. more people around than, uh, than normal. It being a Sunday, I suppose.
See, do you remember in one of the scriptures? I think it may be the Lotus scripture. There's a description of the Buddha. And it basically lists a whole bunch of opposite attributes. And it says the Buddha is neither this nor that. Just a very long list things the Buddha is not paired up in opposites. I guess that's a really obvious piece of teaching. If you find yourself hindered by ideas of success and failure, any other of the opposites. I think it's a, a message to go deeper. And I think part of going deeper is actually not getting bogged down. I remember in a talk, I think it was, Somebody said, a quote, I'm not sure where it's from, but he who travels fastest is not there. And again, I really like that. I guess it's partly pointing to this, the importance of not thinking you've arrived anywhere in particular. But also it points to the need to get out of one's own way. To remain I suppose in the moment is the popular way of saying it. So you can respond to the needs of the moment. So that's my, that's my talk for today. I think I'm going to be going home once the walk is done and putting that into practice, reaching out a bit into the world and uh, changing things. you are. I wish you well. Have a great day.